loud out here. That's loud out here, baby. <laughs> Live from Studio 6B. <laughs> <Like a> rock concert. <laughs> <laughs> On a Wednesday, pipe that music through out to the studio. Sounds pretty good. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, sounding good. Uh, Paul Nolan's here with the news. Rick Delgado's here. What even is that? I think tonight, right? Tonight. Oh, man, what's this going to be on? Uh, it's going to be about my, my first ever uh, Trump rally. Oh, very good. Can't mm. wait. Uh, Rick Emirati's here. What's um, what's coming up in sports tomorrow night? Game number one in the NFL season. Oh, yeah, we got to get to our picks. Bills and Rams, good one, Big D. I've already made my pick in my mind. We'll get into that. Oh, U.S. Really? Open update. A lot of good history going on in the U.S. Open. And, uh, yeah, we're going to have a good show tonight. we got a lot to talk about. Are the Yankees falling apart? I don't, I don't know, I but I watched any. I don't watch any no, baseball. Aaron Judge whacked a homer today again. Fifty-five, baby. They're starting to win again. They're fine. <clears throat> oh, okay, they're fine. They're fine. Well, I don't okay, know if they're fine, but they're starting to win. Again. Well, Slick Rick does sports. He says they're fine. Then they're I have fine. to. Are they fine, Paul? Um, they're fair to Midland. <laughs> okay. They're From okay, a Met but fan. like they, you know, they they really they've struggled since the All Star break. You know, before the All Star break, they were world beaters. Since the All Star break, they have been. More like the Mets. Mundane, if you will. Yeah, Mets, Mets are pretty good, yeah, don't Mets too, are right? slipping Mets a little had a little too. slip, oh, uh, yeah. too. But the they Braves are today. coming. <laughs> All right. Um, Braves lot- are always coming with them. Yeah. Uh, lots to do tonight. We'll get to a bunch of good stuff. Um, a lot of stuff, you know, it, it is amazing. I mean, I don't want to pat ourselves on the back because we're talking about a lot of things that a lot of people are talking about. But it is, um, it's always kind of a, hmm, well, 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 from the Paul Nolan school of well, 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 when you see things that you've talked about for two years or two months or six months, and then all of a sudden, it's like the media can't avoid reporting on what you've been reporting on for two years. And you, you know, of course, called every name in the book and yeah. thrown off all the platforms. And I see this study come out. Ivermectin cuts COVID mortality by 92% major study finds. Why is it still not approved? And you read a headline like that and you, and you think, you know, you think about um, all the frontline doctors, you think about Dr. Corey, you think about some of these round tables that Ron Johnson's had for two years, some of these other people, obviously some doctors. And I mean, it's just, we've been talking about it hydroxychloroquine think of the great doctor um who's the doctor who just passed away zelenko zelenko who who we had on the show people like that who fought government tyranny for how many months and years i mean you look at guys like del bigtree i mean you look at uh you know he's got he's got that channel the high wire he's been yanked from everything and he's he's as good as it gets this is a guy who was a lifelong progressive liberal who's completely awake when he made the movie vaxxed did the movie Vaxxed. It was about going against these massive corporations. And he did this as a guy who was just for individual liberty. Remember the left? You guys remember that? And he did it against massive mega corporations who had no, um, no one to be, be holding them to any kind of law or, or you know, or uh, legal ramification. And, you know, you, this guy has the best scientists on his show. And he's wiped out from everywhere. Del Bigtree, the high wire. If you don't know it, Look at yep. it. I'm very familiar with it, actually. You're right. Um, so I want to get into this article and some of the findings. It, and it's not a small study. I'm not, and so I don't want to hear about, well, we're not going to hear about it now because now they can't. Oh, it's got to be double blind. It's got to be controlled. It's got to be peer reviewed. It's got to be, you know, we keep hearing all this. Well, this is all of that. And it's not a small study. Hundreds of thousands of patients. Hundreds of thousands. 
So we'll get into that, but I want to start the show tonight with um, something a little different, a little more serious, and I want to welcome, please welcome the original executive producer of Live from Studio 6B, someone I've known since 2007, that would be one Harry Oates. Harry Oates, how are you? Hey guys, how you doing? Uh, we're doing good. We're doing good. Good to see you back. Good to see you on the show. And um, I know you were on with Ed and Karen this morning, so some people may have seen that, but a lot of people may have not heard your story of what's been going on. Of course, I haven't said anything because I haven't talked to you about how you wanted to and if you wanted to even get into this. Uh, We've obviously talked off air as as you've gone through this, but I just want the audience, because you are such an integral part of not only... Live from Studio Six B. Since we, you sent me those photos today of 2015 yeah. right. when we first sure started it, it. Me and yeah. Vin. Um, now through the Rav, just explosion of the network, and you being on the road and meeting people and all the talent and all the everything you've done. People are probably not aware of what you've been going through personally. So I'll I'll turn it over to you. Yeah, well, it's it's been quite a journey for about a, a well, as you well, you know, and you guys all know, for about a year. Last year was the first time I went for my colonoscopy, and it was a little little late of doing. And uh, so last May, to give a timeline, and uh, I wake up, and uh, obviously I colon cancer. Okay, let's 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 take care of it, which I did. A couple of weeks later, week of my birthday, June seventh, uh, got it removed. Back on the road two weeks after that, all good everything was going well and I was going for my one year follow-up which I did uh, about four weeks ago and uh, woke up and the surgeon the GI doctor said well I got some bad news Harry Uh, it's back same spot okay see a surgeon go get pet scans cat scans blah 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 my head was spinning I, I literally just woke up I'm like okay and last Tuesday um great surgeon, Dr. Teresa Martinez, uh, you know, gives you the pros and the cons and how, what's going to happen. And there is a chance that you could, you know, the surgery is going to come out great like your last time, but we're battling a lot more with the scar tissues and this and that. And it's only been a year and, you know, certain things may happen just in case. Okay, great. So I wake up, my, my, my beautiful daughter, Ashley's there, my ex-wife, Renee, and, uh, I'm feeling around like I did a year ago, and I said, ah, oh, a year ago, I said, no bag, okay, great. And this year, I was feeling around and just waking up, it was a really long operation. They said I was under for about eight hours. Oh, they wanted wow. to make sure they did it thorough this time versus the last time because they didn't do it properly, and there was a cell left behind. So uh, it, it, the extent of the operation, they had, a, they had to give me a bag. So as I'm feeling around saying, oh, I'm in the safe again, this is cool, they put it in a different spot and 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 renee goes to me uh no you 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 have a bag and oh by the way you got to go for chemo and radiation treatment so it was like i don't have to tell you it was it was one hell of an experience uh last tuesday but i'm home now you know a great team at saint Catharines, and uh you know it's just been amazing with the rav family and the the getter responses I've been getting and so many people that have had this that I didn't even know, yeah. you know, the bag is reversible, you know, so hopefully within four months, uh, it will, it will be removed and be back to normal and be cancer free. Yeah. So a couple of things and I'll just throw them out and you can tell me if you want to talk about them or not. So let's go back to, um, 
<clears throat> because obviously this is almost going to end up being a you know a PSA for people who are listening 50 years old or older yeah um what did you go get checked when you were 50 or what did you you said it was you were a little late I did not. I was I was a procrastinator when it came to my health. I'll be the first one to admit it back then. So I extended it till almost uh, the 55 years old, right? And I, I I had some symptoms with COVID. I was losing a lot, lot of weight. I don't know if anybody knows, but almost two years ago, I was 340 pounds. And then with COVID, I had a little digestive issue and had some things going on and kept going to the hospital saying, what's going on? Nope, you're cancer-free, you're cancer-free, but Harry, you got to get a colonoscopy. And then last May, I got a colonoscopy. Now so, you had had, and again, on some things that I know already. Obviously, you you had some warning signs when we were in DC, when we were in DC together. If you remember, yeah, I do you had remember, some things. Yeah. I had some that were I had screaming some, uh, to you, screaming to me that there is a issue down there uh, with with my bowel movements and stuff. I mean, let's just be real. And 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 I've told this story to so many people on the road. And and people have reached out to me throughout the year before this last operation saying, Harry, I got checked and they found this and we got rid of it. And we found this and we got rid of this. And, and you know, you go back to say to yourself, if I would have done it at 50, right, they would have saw some polyps and whatnot. And and maybe this none of this, maybe the first operation wouldn't have happened. That's why, you know, everybody makes it fear that oh, colonoscopy, it's a walk in the park compared to what you got to go through if you don't get checked. Right. Yeah. So let, let's talk about the um, couple minutes here before we have to hit the break, and we'll come back, and I want to read some things that some of the Getter audience, best audience in television, has reached out to you, got some things, and when we, we'll take a little lighter turn as uh, Harry tried to record something for Getter today. <laughs> we'll, we'll take a look at that. Uh, <laughs> but let's um let's talk about the first surgery and i don't know again what you want to get into what you don't but um what why are you dealing with this again a year later well the first surgery you know there's margins right they tell you there's they took your colon so long and it was where my cancer was was right by the rectum so they 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 thought let's just make numbers easy they put out 3.5 inches and they should have taken out five and believe it or not now whose call uh, is that is that the surgeon's call or is that's that... that was that was my first surgeon's call you know and afterwards you know everything was high-fiving and then after that i even went to uh my my your, my cancer doctor and follow-ups and everything's great harry and it's a four-page report i actually have it behind me a four-page report so after this last colonoscopy and i get smacked in the head every you know my new surgeon starts asking for all these previous reports and and they said harry right here on page two right here on page two they didn't take enough out and they should have went back in immediately where you're in the hospital but so they how didn't. are you but so harry and i'm so i want to make this as informative for the audience and you know a lot of people listening to us right now some people who may be it well i just turned 50 so i mean even for me how would you have known or how would you have known to even question how much they're taking? What, like, how would you have known? What could you have done or what could have been done differently? So uh, hindsight's always 20, 20, look back and go, oh, it's three and a half. They should have taken five. How would you known that before? You, you, you and I really wouldn't. But when you go to your follow-up doctors and you, you go to your, your, uh, your, your cancer doctor, and if they thoroughly read the report, they would have picked up on it because 
four weeks ago when my new surgeon and my my let's call it the old cancer doctor were reviewing for two and a half hours and she goes yeah harry was right here on page two i said what do you mean it was right here on page two yeah if we would have given you a shot obviously we would have noticed they didn't take enough in the margins out, so there could have been some left. You know, the tumor got removed. And, and, and let me backtrack. That tumor was in me last year for three years when they removed it, right? So I was only stage two. But if I would have waited just a couple of months more, it would have went into three and four. And we all know what le that leads into. But, but going back to when it was removed and I did all these follow-up appointments, if they just would have given me a shot of realized there was an error done and say, okay, either let's go back into him immediately or let's give him a shot of radiation because it's a very concentrated area where it was or chemo. This last operation, which would have never happened, would have never happened. So that's why this operation, the last one only being four hours, this one was close to eight hours as they stopped the operation. She went down the pathology, the Dr. Martinez, to make sure as they were doing the studies right there to right, see Harry, hold, exactly. Hold, hold the story right there. We got to hit the commercial. Let's do that right now. We'll be back with Harry Oates to talk about this prognosis moving forward. We'll share some of your getter thoughts that you've sent to Harry and what we can do going forward to support them. We're back, live from Studio 6B, right after this. All right, 17 past the hour, live from Studio 6B. We're back with Harry Oates, uh, of course, the original executive producer of Live from Studio 6B from 2015 through... Well, I don't know. When did we fire you officially? When did we didn't fire you. you just you just saw how you had greener pastures on to Rav, so you just dumped us and went out in the road. So that's fine. Um, oh, you'll be seeing a lot more of me for the next few months. There you go. Okay. Right, uh, <laughs> wow, Damon, you're looking very excited. Can I, uh, can I give about you my two reunion. weeks' notice now? <laughs> so, Harry, uh, a lot of people with obviously. Um, Number one, hearing this for the first time, I know your phone is blowing up right now, you said too, but um, it is. you know, this audience, obviously, we, we, they know we joke and have fun with you, and we, I've known you for 20-something years here, but yeah. uh, the audience absolutely uh, um, obviously loves you, and I just want to put up a couple, G, if you want to throw some of these up in the box, just some of the things that came in today for you, Harry. Big Slim said, we're praying for you, Harry. Keep the faith, brother, Psalm 9111. That's from Big Slim. Um, Texas Golf said, Harry Oates, good morning from Texas. Upon waking up in the morning, the first thing I do is get my coffee and put on Rav on Pluto to watch American Sunrise. I continue to watch Rav all day long. I've seen your, I saw your short segment. Yeah, it was very short this morning, huh? Would they only give you like four minutes? I think maybe five tops. Uh, that's, uh, that's what you get for going there first. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I've seen your short segment this morning with Karen and Ed. You've got, you've got this, Harry. At 83-year-old, my father beat the colon cancer and had the reversible done. You are in my thoughts and prayers. Can't wait to see you back out there. Uh, Carefree Largo said, Harry Oates, I was stunned today. I thought you'd gotten COVID-19 like me, so let me tell you three years ago. I was informed I had cancer. Then they told, I'm sorry. It was nasty, gutted like a fish. I got a robotic pull through. Uh, that's a word that's too long for, my, for me to read. And Tampa, 
Dr. Ross and Rose Mergy, this same cancer had taken my dad, my brother, now it wanted me. I chose no. I chose some pretty aggressive treatments, but then you just walked it off. Medicine has come a long way, and our God is an awesome God. Amen. I am cancer-free. It's no big hill for a high stepper like the Harry Oates. You are surrounded by admiration for a good reason. You're a great guy. So there's a couple. We've got some more to get through um, as well, Harry, but the audience obviously is, is with you, and we, we are too, and everybody's with you. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. And and it's funny, Carefree Largo, I met uh, about a month and a half ago in person, face to face at a Vegas uh, event we were at. And uh, you, again, you never know it. And and people that I've worked with or did projects with throughout the last 10 years have been calling me and saying, hey, Harry, uh, you know, you didn't know this, but I had a bag and I don't have a bag anymore. It was reversible. Or I had cancer 10 years ago and I had a bag for two years and I'm cancer free for 10 years and they removed the bag after two it's and you just sit there and you just scratch your head and just say thank thank god and yeah you know you gotta uh, look forward right you, you can't you can't you have no choice you right? gotta look forward you, you have no choice but to look forward yeah. you know listen i gotta tell you the first three days you know after the operation your head's spinning and you, you can't barely walk you, you but Today, I feel like it really yesterday and, and today is the first time I really I, I woke up at six o'clock and I've been going nonstop all day and I feel great. I'm going bored. Out, I'm out of bored out of my mind. I mean, I, I'm not used to sitting home and yeah. I'm feeling good and I'm getting used to everything, which, you know, is important. All right. So let's we'll talk about what you're going to what's going forward. But a lot of pe a lot of people um, through Getter and through other social media, even in this first segment, have asked to just to dwell a couple just a couple minutes on the early warning signs, because I think. Like I said, this is becoming a really a PSA for anyone my age around 50 years old and who haven't, who hasn't done this yet or ha gotten checked. So again, I ref when we were in DC together, and again, not to get into every detail, yeah. But you did, ha you had some signs that were going on that you were saying, you know, I got this and I got that, and I said, Harry, that's I, I that's did. not that's not normal. You need to go get that checked. And then it got to the point where it was like, okay, you need to go to the hospital right now. And I, yeah, I, me I remember, and they wanted me to go in D.C., and I said, guys, you know, the Zen was calling, and, and Howard Diamond was saying, get to the, and I'm like, guys, listen, I'm, get me on a plane, I'm going back home, I'm, at least let me go home and go to, to the hospital, and, and, and here's real quick, back history of my family, my, my mother's side, you know, my mom passed away of cancer, and her, you know, she had eight brothers and sisters, and many of them, it was always lymphoma or in some sort of form. Nobody ever had colon. So I, every time I went back to the emergency room throughout that year, right, uh, after I got COVID, uh, July of 2020, and I started rapidly losing a lot of weight and digestive problems. And I'm every time I went to the hospital, oh, you, listen, you did all the blood work. You, you don't have cancer. Everything's great, Harry. Okay, everything's great, but my digestive system's messed up. Uh, and, I, and to be blunt, you know, I would go to the bathroom once a day, right? And now I'm going multiple times a day and and it's 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 becoming more liquid than solid but then as i finally they said listen the mark off here and this was may of 2021 you got to get a colonoscopy and check that box and then we're, we can move on then it may be a stomach digestive problem okay right and that's when i woke up and they said you you you've got it and he explained it because at that point they said there was a tumor in you that was in there for about three years and it kept growing right and growing so instead of things coming out solid they were coming out liquefied so one of the things is first thing i would say is is digestive you know if you start getting a digestive problem and and you're seeing your movements change you got go, listen go get it checked out it, it, it's a walk in the park you know everybody used to say ah the stuff you got to drink is so bad 
listen, I had a choice of lemonade or iced tea. You do the drink six o'clock the night before you go in. It's a 20 minute procedure. You wake up and you figure out your results. I, I, I mean, it's it, I, I, I'm so mad at myself. I didn't get it done at 50, because if you look at the clock back at 55, they detected the tumor and they said it was in me. Let's just say it was in me three years. So so at really at 52 is when it started forming, which means if I would have went at 50, they would have started seeing polyps. And and I don't think I've ever, you know, it, it just been, I would have yeah. been okay, you know? So, so the lesson is, the lesson for everyone is to go get checked in that 50 year area, get it yeah. done and stay on top and stay on top of it. You got to, you know, the older you get, you got to stay on top of these things. And I'm sitting here saying that as someone who hates to go to anything. So I yeah. mean, I have to suck it up too and do it. Um, you, you, you do, and yeah. you got to be proactive, you know, because now I'm proactive with anything with my health, because now I just, I, I, I'm trying to be a step ahead of everything, you know, yeah. hey, the heart don't look good, take a look, you know, but, but, but I, it's funny, and I say this to the Zen, and I've said this to you guys a thousand times, I've never felt healthier in my life. I, I mean, I went from 335 to 335 to almost, um, I'm at 220 now. I mean, I lost a lot of weight, you yeah. know? You look good, Harry. So I feel healthier, you know, than I was. Uh, I wasn't able to walk up a flight of stairs. So, Harry, so Harry was feeling good today, and um, Real America's <laughs> Voice wanted him to cut some promos for Getter. You've seen them running in the commercials. We're going to actually do some, too, here on Live from Studio 6B. Let's take a look at how it went for Harry recording the promos. Roll that, G. Dead on the high. Uh, John, what do you want me to say? Just, just stop. Is that the beginning? <laughs> the Rav family walking around. Wow, Jesus Christ. Out on the highway at the rallies. Yeah. All right, let's restart. That's not the beginning, G. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Let me record it. All right, here we go. Hey, guys, it's Harry on the highway. All to my get a Rav fans out there. Listen, can't wait to. Gonna do it again. Oh. <laughs> hey guys, it's Harry on the highway. Hey guys, it's Harry on the highway. Hey guys, it's Harry on the highway. Three, two. Hey guys, it's Harry on the highway. Just say it to me one more time. <laughs> line. John, what do you want me to say? Just, just stop. It's your name. Say your name. Say your name. Yeah. <laughs> say your, your name. name. Say the your name. The family walking around. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Out on the highway at the rallies. What the f <laughs> Let me record it tonight with the when I go to 6B. Oh. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you five or six reads. Hey, everybody. Oh. It's Harry on the highway. Love chatting with you guys in the game. <laughs> Get her. Get her. Get her. Um, hair. <laughs> <laughs> At St. Catharines, they didn't mention anything to you about implanting a little bit of Biden in you, do they? I, I, I honestly, well, it sounds like you speak it out of his a-hole. <laughs> I mean, I've read, I've read many promos before, and I've speak in front of people all the time, but this this just got me. John called me back up. Hey, Harry, you got any promos? I'm like, I was literally walking up to make eggs, and I'm like, All right, Harry, we got to go. Okay. We love you. <laughs> The great Harry Oates, live from Studio <laughs> 6B. All right, 30 minutes past the hour, live from Studio 6B.
So, uh, well, it's good having Harry on. That's, I mean, he's been through hell. Yep. And I've known about it. I haven't said anything because I didn't know what he wanted to get into, what he wanted to. So when he said I wanted to come on and share, I said, I think it's great. So he's got, um, you know, he's got about four months of, of stuff he's going to have to go through. But um, he's got a lot of support. And you've never taken this test? I have not gotten a colonoscopy yet, no. But I will get one this year, yes. Boys, you guys? You talk to my nurse, Henrietta Hippa. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, guys, so man, let, let Harry's story be the, yeah, um, be, be the, be the motivation. Yeah. So I did mine in June. That was good. Uh, you know, I did a colonoscopy and the endoscopy at the same time. And, uh, you know, while you're out, you might as well get it done. They promised me they'd use two cameras, not one, vice versa. And, uh, but uh, my father had polyps, my brother had him. My brother legitimately just came to my office, dialed the phone of, the, uh, of, the, of his uh, yeah. gastro guy, and I'm not leaving you until you make an appointment, jackass. So I, he forced me to do it. Otherwise, I would have just kept blowing it off, too. But I, yep. Yeah, don't blow it off. And that goes for everybody else. Like there. I said, I have to follow my own advice because I hate going to anything, too. You have to do it, though. You're a good age. You yep. just turned 50. Just so turned you're a yeah. perfect age. Yep. So I'm going to do it. Um, all right, let's do some sports. And here with that is uh, sports is brought to you by MyPillow, by the way, MyPillow.com slash LFS6B. Slick Rick, Rick Emirati, what's going on, pal? All right, big D. Big night tomorrow night. Odds makers, we got to get going. First game of the season kicks off tomorrow night, Thursday night football. Can't wait. We'll obviously have coverage tonight. I'm up 33 grand. And you know what? <laughs> I like this story, and then I'll give you my pick after. But it says uh, Buffalo Bills start season as Super Bowl favorite. Buccaneers next. This is Doug Kurzian of ESPN. The Buffalo Bills enter the NFL season as the outright betting favorite for the first time since 1991, a little while ago, as the franchise continues to pursue its first Super Bowl title. The Bills are listed at plus 600 at Caesars Sportsbook ahead of their season opener tomorrow night against the defending champion Los Angeles Rams. We really think the Bills are the highest power-rated team, but just as importantly is where they play. Superbook Executive Director and Oddsmaker John Murray told ESPN the philosophy is the AFC West teams will beat each other up, and that will allow the Bills to be in a favorable position to have the AFC championship game running through Buffalo. Caesar Sportsbook uh, Vice President of Trading Craig Mucklow told ESPN with a rebuilding AFC East the Bills are almost a certain lock for the playoffs and the clear front runner for home field in January which will make them a tough out for any visiting team. Following the Bills the AFC uh, West accounts for the next three teams in the conference the Chiefs, Chargers and Denver Broncos along with the uh, Las Vegas Raiders who are looking good too. All four AFC teams rank among the top seven for most Super Bowl bets in terms of ticket volume. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers at plus 750 are the second overall Super Bowl favorite, followed by the Rams and then the Green Bay Packers in the NFC. So I'm going to go with the Bills tomorrow night. I'm going to jump on that bandwagon of Buffalo Big D. I'll take the, I'll actually let's see, it's going to be the Bills are going to be laying two and a half on the road versus the Rams. Am I correct? Correct. Okay, so I'm going to lay the two and a half with the Bills, and uh, well, we'll see how Josh Allen and company do after they lick their wounds from that Kansas City. That was a tough game, boy, but I'm looking forward to that. So that's what I'm taking tomorrow night. I'll put 5000 on that game, and obviously we'll have live updates throughout the show tomorrow night. Okay, so that's that's mine. Paul, are you in on this action at all? <laughs> um, you know what? I was leaning towards Buffalo. I don't like it enough. Lay road first. I cannot stand East Coast teams. Going to the West Coast, they're only uh, 32 and 22 against the spread in the last uh, seven years. That that body clock of 11 o'clock at night when they're in the second half, I don't like it. Maybe Bill's first half I'd be interested in. 
Well, that's 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 not <laughs> on the board. I don't think. Come on here. Well, I'm so you're like, I got to book this myself. Give me the Greek over here. Paul's booking his own. I don't do Paul's booking his own actual himself here. What else is new? He's got a side hustle going okay, on. Okay, very good. He's looking uh, around going, I'll, anything I'll else in sports, coming. Rick? Yeah, I'm going to give you another quick one. That you tracking guys really New York, want to do this York, and settle up every week. Hey, Aaron Judge <laughs> smacked his 55th homer tonight. I know Rick's a big Dang. Yankee fan. Baseball history could be on the horizon as Aaron Judge approaches the elite mark of 60 home runs. ESPN reporting here. The New York Yankees outfielder came one step closer with his 55th homer earlier today versus the Minnesota Twins. The Yankees outfielder has had an outstanding season at the plate, batting 302 and logging 180. Ribbies. He is one of the reasons New York is among MLB's elite entering the stretch run. Yankees right now, big D. I just checked. They're up over Tampa. Five games from their 12-game lead they had just a few weeks ago. So they are hitting a little bit of a snide, if you will. But I think they'll slide into the playoffs and finish and win, win the division there. So, uh, But Judge is on the verge of making Yankees history. He only needs seven more dingers to break Roger Maris's 1961 record of 61 homers in a season. A mark that has stood for over six decades. It's also the American League single season record for home runs. Judge Quest to reach 60 has literally captivated the baseball world. And uh, supposedly he's steroid free, which is uh, a little unique now because the last few guys that made a run, those records, obviously there was some uh, tainted uh, asterisks next to their names. I won't name them, but we all know who they are. And that's a rapid sports. Big D, back to you. All right, so Rick, we'll do some more sport. Thanks very much. What even is that coming up top of the hour? Can't wait for that as well. Uh, Let's do a little news. Before before we do the news, let me start with some our own news here at Rav. And a lot of you probably have seen this. I saw it just as we were going off the air last night. But Cash Patel is now a um, a Rav uh, contributor, and that is a great addition to the network. Cash Patel is absolutely fantastic, and I mean that's someone who, when you when he speaks, is no nonsense. Like um, I love Grinnell as well. Mm-hmm. Some of the really solid people. Now, he came into the Trump administration a little later. But um, but he was right there. But, man, he is so solid. And he got, he got pushed up into, uh, I forget the position, as the administration was winding down. But he, he, was, he was right up there towards the top. And he knows, he knows all, it seems like. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to get his take, especially because of all the things that are unfolding with Trump and the and the lawsuit and the raid and and man oh man, it it's like have it's like having a you're you're a fly on the wall now. Exactly, Cash Patel you're flying the walls yeah. here, yeah, yeah. And of course, as the Department of Justice and the and the Attorney General continue to leak out um, information to the Washington Post to continue to try to control the narrative as they tried to continually give this picture of building this case that I guess Bill Barr's even bought into. God, Bill Barr, what? I mean, <laughs> could I be more wrong about someone than I was wrong about Bill Barr when he came into the Trump administration? Oh, my God. What a fool I am. Oh, well, well. This guy uh, <laughs> says on Fox, yes, again, he, uh, Fox keeps putting him on. I guess they think it's great. Control oh, this information. The government's got to be close to having enough information for an indictment here. Under no circumstances, he said, should the president have a, the former a former president have this uh, have this at his house? That's Bill Barr. Yeah, and and you like how they're framing it now? His golf club, his uh, you know, his resort. 
They're making it seem like it's just, you know, someplace anybody can just stroll in and take a look at anything he has. Don't mind the Secret Service. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> exactly. So. Come on. All right, let's do some news. And here with the news is Paul Nolan. What's going on, Mr. Nolan? Well, I got a couple uh, things here. I'll keep in the same vein. Two Hollywood starlets are uh, attacking two, I guess you could say, champions on the right. Jordan Peterson has responded to Olivia Wilde, who said the sinister character played in Chris Pine, by Chris Pine in an upcoming film, Don't Worry Darling, was based on him. The film, which debuts at the Venice Film Festival on Monday, follows the story of a 50s couple played by Harry Styles and, and Florence Pugh, whose idyllic lives are overturned when Pugh's character Alice uncovers her husband's dark secret after one of the neighbor's housewives goes missing. In the recent interview, um, she said, we based the character on this insane man, Jordan Peterson, <laughs> who's a pseudo-intellectual hero to the incel community. Yeah. So now okay. I had to look up what incel was. Do you, if, do you guys know what an incel is? Um, yeah, no. It's it's somebody who um, is celibate, but they don't want to be celibate. They're forced because uh, they're rep- they they're repulsive to the opposite sex. I suppose is what it's about. Oh, okay. So I, I suppose the man married forty years. This is probably what he, this really covers so, him. So like so John she, Fetterman or something she, like that. She explains that the community is disenfranchised, mostly white men who believe they're entitled to sex from women. That's what an incel really is in her mind. Can I ask they, one question before you go on? Yeah. Who the hell's Olivia Wilde? <laughs> who the hell is actress. that? <laughs> who? She's an actress. What does she ever? Well, I think she's she called in? an actor now. She was in right. House. She's, she's the director. Yeah, she directed this movie. She got um, some positive reviews on like a, a, a teenage comedy she did. So here she is. She's now. Gee, should I know who she is? She Does it make me look like a fool that I don't know who she is? Um, I haven't kept up with like actors and actresses, but apparently she's decently big or, as an actress. And I think yeah, this is her, maybe her directorial debut. I'm no, not this sure. This is the second movie. I was just saying. But she she's, had, um, there's a lot of controversy around this movie already with her because she was caught lying about Shia LaBeouf like uh, kicking him off the movie and yeah. stuff like that so uh, people are Shia kind of already not completely unhinged so I didn't <laughs> want to bring up that part of it yeah. but uh, so she goes on and just says that uh, she these people are the people you know these incels they believe society has now robbed them that the idea of feminism is working against nature and that we must put them back into the correct place in order or something along those lines so Jordan Peterson uh, replied back today. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. He, he's so intelligent. When I read this, I know I'm going to butcher it, but he said, I hope that Chris Pine at least does the satorial splendor of my very formal public wardrobe justice as he pillories me in the latest bit of propaganda disseminated by the woke self-righteous bores and bullies who now dominate Hollywood and who insist that the production of, on the production of such tripe. So he, uh, that was his uh, answer. And, uh, you know, this guy is, is an intellectual titan, but a cool pseudo-intellectual is just completely... <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, sit down and have a chat with me, darling. Let's see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. <for> <laughs> exactly. Where can I pay on pay-per-view to see that? Oh, my goodness. Jordan Peterson and uh, right. it, it was, someone no one knows. It, it would like be like watching Mike Tyson <laughs> fight Maud. <laughs> So and then Tucker Carlson. What's her name? Olivia who? Wild. Olivia Wild. She's she's a decent looking, but she's like a bony stick figure, and (laughs) you know she's (laughs) okay. It's fine. It's fine. I don't. I don't know. I'm so sick of these goofballs. That that description. Now I will say that the full figure, gorgeous Jennifer Lawrence, says she's having nightmares about Tucker Carlson. 
The right-wing pundit poked <laughs> fun at the Hunger Games star after she discussed her rip with a deeply conservative family in Kentucky and said she has a recurring nightmare about the Fox News host in her latest interview with Vogue. Yeah. She says, when you decide to work in television, you lose control of a lot of things, Carlson said. Is this from uh, Justin News, too? <laughs> well, it, I think the story wasn't Justin News, but this is funnier. <laughs> Do you want me to go just to just the no, news? No, no. Gio's saying in my ear it must be a slow news day. I just kind of chuckled. <laughs> sounds like what happened last Friday, too. Yeah, so just... Paul picked up an Entertainment Weekly on the way in. <laughs> and I'll be the first to admit, I never know what the heck is going on with Hollywood. So I find this stuff completely hysterical. Yeah, I'm sorry. You know, so I'm the, the worst. So Jennifer Lawrence's family is a heavy-duty Republican family. I just find you, it funny we're 45 minutes into the show and we haven't done any uh, political news. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we got Ari, Harry's Tuckus covered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We did the PSA. Oh, Paul, so did we give done. too much time to the cancer patient? Is that what you're saying? No, we got to do this. Oh, okay. <laughs> I want you guys to get your, uh, get your results. Okay, well, and, yes. And we should really honestly bring a camera crew in with you. And let's take the people through the process. Yeah. Oh, great. It's yeah. like Katie Couric all over again. <laughs> this show is off the rails. <laughs> oh, God. All right, live from Studio 6B. We'll do some more news. Page 6, New York Post coming up. <laughs> to the hour live from Studio 6B. So um, if you're in the Memphis, Tennessee area, I'm sure you know what's going on, but there's an armed and dangerous um, suspect that's out and about Facebook living as he walks into places and, and is shooting people. Are you serious? So if you're in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, let's be careful out there yeah, because... Arm um, yourself. Memphis, Tennessee police warned community gunmen is reportedly shooting people at random on Facebook Live. And there's a picture of them, and I don't, they don't even released a name. How yet, is but, he still streaming if the town is warning people? Uh, I don't know, but there's a video here of him getting out of his car and walking into some store. Ugh. I mean, it's pretty graphic. So, I mean, shooting spree in Memphis. Gentlem- this guy says, uh, <sighs> Going around shooting random people. Ay, ay, ay. So if you're in that area, obviously just be aware and be careful. Um, all right, let's get to some, let me get to some, a couple of things I want to get to this study on ivermectin because we've been talking about ivermectin for a very long time. Hydrox, hydroxychloroquine, the president talked about it early on as a possible real significant hope in fighting COVID. And of course, he was demonized. And he was um, turned into every crazy uh, Looney Tune thing that people could think of. And ivermectin was treated the same way. Oh, you're going to take horse dewormer? Oh, you guys are so smart. And Dr. Corey and other people were out there. Dr. Corey, I can remember Dr. Corey's testimony for the first time whenever he testified in front of Congress. 
And he said, I'm telling you, I have enough data. If you, if you take this, you're not going to die. You may not even get sick. He said, you will not get sick. And of course, we went through the mainstream media for years, two years, two full years, giving us every bogus study that had about 12 people in it. Oh, nope, see, it doesn't work. Nope, doesn't work. See, fraud. It's really just for horses. And we, we brought to your attention places like Uttar Pratesh in India and other places that gave ivermectin out in home packets. And the numbers in the charts were, you couldn't even argue what it did to lessen cases and, and, and in some cases eradicate COVID from certain towns in these places. Udar Pratesh has almost as many people in this tiny little area as the, as the whole United States of America. About 280 million, I believe. We're about 330, so it's not that, not that much smaller. And they used it. So here comes this study now. Regular use of ivermectin led to a 100% reduction in hospitalization rates, a 92% reduction in mortality rate, and an 86% reduction in the risk of dying from COVID-19 infection when compared to non-users, a major new study has now found. The study published in the medical journal Curious C-U-R-E-U-S, I'm not sure if that's pronounced curious, but curious, analyzed data from 223,000 people from the city of Itajá, Brazil, making it the largest study of its kind and giving its findings a high degree of certainty. The senior author is Dr. Flavio Caggiana, sounds like a nice Italian man, Uh, He wrote on Twitter, an observational study with the size and level of analysis as ours is hardly achieved and infeasible to be conducted as a randomized clinical trial. Conclusions are hard to be refuted. This data is data regardless of your beliefs. The study compared those who took ivermectin regularly, irregularly, and not at all prior to being infected with COVID-19 and found a dose-dependent relationship, confirming that the difference in outcomes is very likely to be due to the drug and no other factors, such as differences between the groups. The authors used a technique called propensity score matching to control for confounding factors that may otherwise have biased the study in one direction or another. For example, those taking ivermectin tended to be older than those not taking it, average age 47 years, versus 40 years. But by matching people of similar age in each group and comparing outcomes, this confounding factor was controlled for. And then they go into the kind of the abstract, the, behind, the back, uh, the methods, the results, the conclusion. And the conclusion is that non-use of ivermectin was associated with a 12.5-fold increase in mortality rate and a 7-fold increase risk of dying from COVID-19 compared to the regular use of ivermectin. This dose-response efficacy reinforces the prophylactic effects of ivermectin against COVID-19. So here we are again, two years later, what a lot of people have told you, and what we've been preaching, 
And Seven Cells, I think, is, was just a wonder to find at the time. Um, that this was going to be, that this was beneficial. They zeroed in on it right away, made it part of their early treatment pack. And, and here you go. Two years later, what we knew was true then is now all of a sudden true. Yeah. And meanwhile, Fauci's out there yesterday saying that, oh, you got to take, uh, it's probably going to be yearly. You got to get a COVID shot. Still pushing, still pushing the poison. Speaking of that little troll, cut 11, G, roll that. It is becoming increasingly clear that looking forward with the COVID-19 pandemic, in the absence of a dramatically different variant, we likely are moving towards a path with a vaccination cadence similar to that of the annual influenza vaccine with annual updated COVID-19 shots matched to the currently circulating strains for most of the population. Yeah, However, no. some particularly vulnerable groups blood. may continue yeah. to need more frequent vaccination against COVID-19. Let us review what we know about the safety and efficacy of mRNA COVID-19 vaccines. I don't need to hear from this little yeah, criminal. Little weasel. Come on. Stop. We see what's going on. We've seen the, the sudden deaths of 23-year-olds, 24-year-olds. We see today... Justin Bieber cancels the rest of his world tour due to, well, what they're calling some kind of syndrome, but we know what it is. His wife, 24 years old, has a mini stroke. He has paralysis of his face that obviously he cannot get a hold of. It's just horrific stories, one after the other after the other. You know, and I, I reported about a year ago, there was, um, there was a group doing something called follow my batch i have to look it up if our audience is amazing there were studies that showed like what batches had the like the the most side effects where like some of you know uh like in rhode island i know there was a, a heavy dose of people who had adverse effects from the uh from the poison pill from the bioweapon yeah um and and it, it's all over the place i you just I, I got to find that story. It was over a year ago. I got to look it back up again, but it's something I should share on my Getter page as well because it was definitely helpful to people back then. I mean, this is frightening. This is utterly frightening. I, I, yeah, and then there was a story. I don't know if you guys saw it today. The high school kid that the doctor removed a six-foot blood clot from his leg. Jeez. Wow. Basically ending his uh, football playing and and basically sports for his life. And then follows up that piece with this from, and I remember reading reading about this as well, uh, one Alabama embalmer who was treating corpses for over 20 years. A strange fibrous clots emerged May of 2021, shortly after the COVID vaccines first became available. Yeah. He started taking pictures of them and documenting them because it started to happen a lot, and he wanted to make sure it just wasn't a fluke. He says, now I've been gathering evidence, and I have pictures of over 100 cases, and it's not stopping. It's not slowing down. Yeah. I mean, Facebook. Never seen it before. Facebook blocks the hashtag, um, I think it was SADS and something else. They, you know, they, they, we got to go to break, but it's just a Ken that keeps suppressing the information. All right, hour two coming up. What even is that? More sports, more news, crazy town. The president was at the White House today. And no, I'm not talking about Biden. I'm talking about the president. The guy pulling the actual, making the decisions.
live from Studio 6B, Hour 2 on a Wednesday night, Real America's Voice. Glad you're in. Paul Nolan's doing the news. Rick Gamerati Slick. Rick's got some sports. Rick Delgado, what even is that coming up here in a second? Fran Gio holding it down as always. Harry Oates joined us in the first hour. Good to hear from him. Harry's back on his feet, feeling good. He's got some things he's got to work out and go through, but... He's got a lot of support. We'll be uh, anxious to see Harry back on the road doing what he loves to do, which, of course, is being out there with you, the RAV family, on the road, um, at these rallies, interacting with the, um, with the RAV audience, the, the Getter audience. And, of course, we can't tell you how much we appreciate your support. Um, if, you're, if you haven't followed us on Getter, make sure you do that at LFS6B on Getter, on Twitter, on Facebook. Facebook's at 91,000. That 100,000 mark has been a goal of mine since we started that page from zero. And we're coming up on it. So if you haven't liked the face, I know all the, I hate Facebook, Damon. That's fine. <laughs> but a lot of you also, besides telling me how much you hate Facebook, also say to me, where can I see that crazy town? Where can I see that? What is that, is that English? Where can I see that? What even is that? They're all on Facebook. There you go. And they're, they're not too far behind. Geo gets them up there fairly quickly. So a lot of the ones you're looking for are already on Facebook. So if you can like the Facebook page, it helps out the show. And you can see great, funny content. We put mostly the funny stuff up there. So you, there's, what even is that? It's crazy towns. Is this English? Um, so it's a great place to go see the content if you want to see some of those things and share them. Share, 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 share. Uh, visit <laughs> Paul Nolan on Getter at Papa Nolan. Paul's, what are you, almost at 8,000? Yeah, closing in. Okay. Oh, man. At Slick Rick Sports and at Ugly American Rad for Rick Delgado, all on Getter. Follow everybody. See, Rick wasn't happy for me. He got mad. You see that? That's how. That's no, I, I, I'm. A, I'm more unhappy wow. for me because I think I'm only at like five thousand. Okay. Well, this could go a long way of helping that. It's time <laughs> now for one of my. <laughs> it's time now for one of my new favorite segments here on the show, and that, of course, is the aforementioned Rick Delgado with what even is that? All right, Damon. Well, thank you. And uh, I know a lot of people, maybe you haven't heard, but uh, I have never seen Donald Trump speak live. What the hell is even that? Yeah. I, I know, right? <laughs> but over the Labor Day weekend, I had a chance to change, and it all changed as I had the opportunity to go to my very first Trump rally, or as Joe Biden were, would refer to us as. I don't respect these MAGA Republicans. The MAGA Republicans don't just threaten our personal rights and economic security. They're a threat to our very democracy. Yeah. Ah, the unity of the resident, huh? See what happens when you're controlled by, well, your former boss, among others, but with your head so far up his rear end, it comes out of shoulder, and you end up looking like some two-headed wacko from some (laughs) schlocky 70s movie. Turn it off! But enough about pedal Pete. Let's get back to the rally. Taking place in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, like I said, it was my very first one. And since the network was broadcasting it, I figured, well, that would be a great day. And boy, was I right. First, I pull up and I find the Real America's Voice bus. And as you would expect, 
everyone associated with the bus was just incredibly awesome. Then, of course, if on some backstage Hollywood tour, maybe, the stars of the network started to show up. Oh. Yes, Ben Berkwam oh, yes. and David Zier, yes. Rab's newest addition, Mike Crispy, who okay. recently ran for office in New Jersey. I was over the moon getting to meet the stars of the network. Yes. Morning show co-host, the lovely Karen Turk, oh, even yes. said hello Who's, uh... and posed for a pic. And then, and then some, well, let's just say some aviator sunglass adorned a lister showed up and he demanded no photos of course as you can see i'll give you a hint his name rhymes with uh head henry <laughs> but luckily everyone else in the production crew were all welcoming and really grounded in reality then as i made my way up to the venue the, the more trump supporters showed up as foe biden would call them semi-fascists on motorcycles yeah. yes it was amazing how nice, patriotic, and fun they all were as they pulled up showing off their really cool Harleys along with their love of country. Then, once inside, it's called the Mohegan Sun, I caught the aforementioned Head Henry without his shades on, and, <laughs> and he said he tried to FaceTime Damon, but he got ghosted. Yeah. But then he decided to FaceTime Paul. And after three or four times of sending him to voicemail, Paul finally relented and picked up. Don't they, know, again, don't they know I am? Let's try him again. Let's call him back. He might be on the driving range. That's probably what he is. <laughs> <laughs> what's going on? Hey, hey, you. What's, hey, you're going down, all right? You're not, you're not going to answer the phone, but you're going down. <laughs> Yes, after Paul, after Paul fake-smiled his way through the call <laughs> so Ed would feel loved, yeah. I made my way around the arena and met some of the other great patriots. Good job, Paul. <laughs> that came to hear President Trump spread his angry message of semi-fascist hate. Oh, yeah. I even caught the crowd warming up their Marxism with one of their most hateful songs ever recorded in history by the village people. Yeah, YMCA. Full-on tyranny oh it's disgusting <laughs> with other semi-fascist politicians like dr oz and marjorie taylor green and, oh. and colonel doug mastriano on oh, hand to spread sure. their message yeah. of obeying their constitutional oath Oof. the rule of law and Oof. honest and secure elections while advocating for citizens Ugh! there was finally time for the main event and no i'm not talking about the ed henry hat show oh, this is the worst looking hat i ever saw <laughs> well you buy a hat like this i'll bet you get a free bowl of soup huh Oh, it looks good on you, though. <laughs> no. It was time for the headliner. The big cheese, Daddy yeah. T. It was time for... Yeah. Trump. <laughs> I love it. Yes. And as you can see here, the crowd was ready. Look at this. Yeah. <laughs> the concert had started. And not only did he bring it, but the crowd loved it for two hours. No breaks and no. You know how much I'm going to do with the deficit this year? <laughs> Whatever that was. You. <laughs> <laughs> oh you know my how much God. I'm going to do with the deficit this year? Oh my God. That's what I was thinking, too. But where was all the semi fascist hate and division Joe Biden promised? Oh, that's right. He doesn't remember saying it. That's okay, Potato Joe. We know. Because we do. We remember you saying it. So come this November, we the people will be launching the very first step of ridding ourselves of you by voting out your comrades. 
Yes, but until then, uh, you just keep on going and getting tens of people showing up at your little Hitler-like speeches, <laughs> and us MAGA Americans will just be ready for the return of Donald J. Trump. I miss Daddy T, Trump. <laughs> That's right. Damon, back to you. <laughs> yeah. Daddy T. Uh, all right, very Daddy good. T. Rick Delgado. I love that. Love How that. How much am I do with the deficit this year? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, exactly. G- there's actually a better version of that. I don't know if you've heard this. Let me, let me uh, from our friends at the Daily Wire. Let me let me play this version of it for you. And you know how much? You know how much I'm gonna do with the deficit this year? How much I'm gonna do with the deficit this year? I'm gonna do with the deficit this year? How much I'm gonna do with the deficit? I'm gonna do with the deficit. One trillion five hundred thousand. How much I'm gonna do with the deficit this year? I'm gonna do with the deficit this year? How much I'm gonna do with the deficit? You know how much? You know how much? So that, that's a little better. Oh, that's that's good, man. That's Doobie Brothers. Doobie Doobie Doobie. Hey, G, can I see that? Uh, can I see? <laughs> can I see Rodney one more time? <laughs> Bowl of soup. That was. Uh, yeah, let me let me see this part oh, one more time. I love hat I ever saw. Well, you buy a hat like this, I bet you get a free bowl of soup, huh? Oh, it looks good on you, though. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I can tell you. <laughs> oh, man. Rodney, that's one of my favorite lines from the movie, Rod. Best. I love that. The best. Uh, what do you think, Rodney, what do you think about that hat that Ed Henry was wearing? <laughs> it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so very good. So, yeah, that, that was a recap of my first Trump rally. That was good. What a blast. That was fun. So was it everything you uh, thought it would be and more? I thought it was really, really cool. Yeah. It was awesome. Plus, it was fun to, you know, like I said, meet all the people that we always talk to uh, that we never really get to see in person, like the Ben Burkwams and the Ed Henrys and the Karen Turks. I mean, it's like, oh, man, this is cool. Yeah. Yeah, all it was quite people. an honor. Ed yeah. Henry uh, FaceTime. And, my, you know, my wife, when I was sitting in the backyard, it was like perfect out. It was quiet. And uh, I didn't answer the first call. I'm like... <laughs> I don't, I don't know who this is. No way. And then the next one, I'm like, I, I got to take a shot at this. And it was him. It was it's nice. It was really quite an honor, to be honest with you. Me and my wife were, like, laughing about it. It was cool. Thanks for doing that, Rick. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, like very said, good. Like I said, he tried to he tried to FaceTime Damon. Damon blew him off. <laughs> <laughs> I think... <laughs> <laughs> I, I think blew him off is a little strong, Rick. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's fair. That's a fair accounting of what I saw. What do you mean? What you saw? You had his number come up on your phone. Yeah. That's the you actually you have his, his name on there. Well, yeah, I do. That doesn't mean I had my phone in front of me. I don't believe you. It make it act second. like you make it sound like I was. I went like this. And I went. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's. That's what it seemed like. Oh. We know what that sound is when you reject the call. He, yeah, knows what, because, he knew what it was. Yeah, it rings a couple times, then it goes to voicemail. It's like, oh. I would, I would never do that. Not to any of you. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, what, he just, doesn't, he just doesn't return our text. Yeah, okay. That's <laughs> well, you got to stop trying to get paid on a Saturday. That's why he don't take your call. <laughs> You're right. The, I need uh, an advance. Though the best, the best is when Damon actually leaves the group chat. <laughs> well, I mean, no, I'm not going to oh, talk yeah. about this. It's I'm not going to talk about this. It's like, hey, Damon, what do you think? Oh, he, he left the chat. <laughs> oh God. You know how fine. much I'm going to do with the deficit this year? 
that's that's like true Nemanation depression. Yeah. Yes, that's pretty close, right? Yes. Yep. I wore my You Know the Thing shirt the other day in a uh, little Huntington town, very oh. fancy little town. I wore the You Know the Thing. Couple people. <laughs> That's good. Hey, Couple people found it amusing. Hey, you know what's funny about that clip that you played, Damon, with the music to it, where he says how much, and he talks about the number. He says 1,500,000. <laughs> you know, like, uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre, oh, oh, said it the other day, too. Cents, Rick. Oh, she, she said something even worse. She said million billion or something she like sa- that. She said, uh, what was it, 10... 10 million thousand? We've, we've created 10... 10,000 million? 10,000 yeah. million jobs or 10 million billion jobs or yeah, something, something like, like that. that. Where it turns out it, that's enough jobs for like, you know, everybody can have 30 jobs. Yeah. Well, the whole jobs numbers, we know that most people, it's because they got a second job, that the jobs report continue to be so hot. Right. CPI next week, a week from yesterday, 13th. Paul and I were just talking about it in, re- in uh, relation to the real estate market. Because the real estate market, most people think, is now going to roll over. Mortgage rates went above 6% today. Oof. So could you imagine, you know, having kids in, those, you know, in their 20s, late 20s, maybe thinking about getting married, thinking about now buying a house? You know, I mean, to buy a house now, it's going to cost you three times as much just to get into the house as it would have two years ago or even a year ago. Mortgage rates went from effectively like 2%, 25 2.8, over 6 and the bankers know exactly how to manipulate all this. They could they just run these simulators. They they know exactly what's gonna how the dominoes are gonna fall and they and they siphon off your wealth. All right, great. What even is that? Um, we'll do news and sports. Crazy town coming up bottom of the hour, live from Studio Six B on a Wednesday. Come on, baby. You know how much I'm gonna do with the debit this year? All right, 17 past the hour, live from Studio 6B. Like I said, CPI data next week. See where inflation's at. 9.2 down to 8.5. What is this reading? Does it still have an 8 handle in front of it? If it does, boy, that would be... That would be surprising. Because you figure energy, commodities, a lot of stuff has kind of rolled over. Real estate now starting. A lot of the things that contribute big percentages to the CPI... You would think it's come down. We start to see some reflection of that in the CPI data. Releases uh, a week from yesterday, 8.30 in the morning. It's a big, big deal. So we'll see. But in the meantime, as I've been telling you, what do you do against the devaluation of the continued devaluation of the dollar? Although the dollar right now is extremely strong. Of course, it's in a basket against other currencies around the world whose problems are... Well, greater than ours. Look at what's going on in Germany and UK right now and their energy situation. I think it's worse than even people think it's going to be there. Uh, but one of the things you could consider is a financial alternatives. Of course, it's hard uh, physical gold and silver, hard assets. And if you want to talk about physical gold and silver, the people to speak to there are friends at Birch Gold Group. Birch Gold, they're experts in precious metals. An A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of satisfied customers. Most importantly, they'll give you options. You can buy gold coins. You can convert an existing IRA to a gold IRA. You can even convert an eligible 401k account to a gold IRA account. Here's how you get started. 
Text the word America. Send it to 989898. And get your free information kit from Birch Gold with absolutely no obligation. They'll show you how to protect your new gold and silver investments in a tax-sheltered account. So get the facts, get started today. Text the word AMERICA to 989898. They've made it super easy. That's all you got to do. Text out, Take out your mobile phone right now. Text the word AMERICA. Just type it in there, AMERICA, and send it to 989898. And uh, let our friends from Birch Gold Group show you how owning gold and silver could help protect your savings. All right, 19 past the hour, live from Studio 6B. Let's do some news. And the news is brought to you by our friends at 7, speaking of Ivermectin, 7 Cells. Uh, They've got that great long COVID pack there as well, the early treatment pack and the long COVID pack, which is a high-dose vitamin D, Ivermectin. Um. Maybe the best value on the website is the long COVID pack. So um, check them out, 7cells.com. LFS6B at checkout gets you 10% off your entire order. What's going on, Paul? You know, real quick, uh, speaking of that, I've been looking at Ivermectin other places. It's a shame that it used to be so cheap everywhere, the government. But people were complaining that 7cells was expensive, but they're actually less expensive than some of the other places and a lot easier to make the purchase. And you know it's being compounded here in the United States. And yeah. you know what you're getting. Um, and it's only cheaper if you can get your doctor to prescribe it. Good luck, get, good luck with that. Right, if you can joke. get it prescribed from a doctor, then it's, it's probably going to be cheaper to get it filled at, if you can get it filled. You know, we've been through all of this. Some places it's eased up a little bit, but, I mean, try calling it in from your regular doctor to a CVS to see if you can get it filled without right. having to come up with, the, you know, your firstborn to um, try to tell them why you need it. It's so expensive, especially for the hardworking people out there. But if you got COVID and you're getting hit bad, it wipes it out instantly. So you gotta. I mean, you want to be on top of it, especially yeah. when you're getting into your, you know, my parents kind of age. You're starting yeah. to get into that 60s, 70s, 80s range where you're you're more of a threat for it to really give you a hard time. Putting that early treatment pack in your, you know, hopefully you never have to use it. You spend on it once and it just sits there. Hopefully, but I can as my, you know. My sister got it on Friday of Labor Day weekend. Couldn't get her anything. They were gone and wouldn't ship till Tuesday. So I put a package together of what I had, went to the post office. They guaranteed delivery the next day. Guess what? Didn't show up. Didn't get there till Tuesday. And she had a hell of a time. First four days mm. until she got it. So, mm. you, I mean, if you can, you want to put it in your, put it in your, um, so you have it. Yeah, just bank it, save it. Because we know monkeypox or whatever garbage story they're rolling around or whatever they're creating in a lab next will be around the corner. So anyway, former Attorney General Bill Ball, we touched on this earlier, said that the DOJ appears to be getting very close to having enough evidence to indict President Trump. Appears. Yeah. What does that mean, appears? Does he have like inside? I mean, (laughs) how does he he know? No, he doesn't. Well, at least he he does. Well, maybe he's being consulted. I don't trust this guy whatsoever, but... There are two questions, he said. Will the government be able to make out a technical case? Will they have evidence by which they could indict somebody on, including him? That's the first question, and I think they're getting very close to that point, frankly. But he didn't elaborate on why he believes that, and he did not say whether he had any specific information that led him to such a conclusion. He said the second question, Barr said, involves the DOJ would indict a former president. He said the agency current leadership... Won't indict Trump due to the um, 
turmoil could create in the United States. His quote was, at the end of the day, there's another question, which is, do you indict a former president? What will it do to the country? What kind of precedent will be set? Will the people really understand that this is not failing to return a library book, that this was serious? And so you have to worry about those things, Barr said. He said, went on and concluded, I hope that those kind of factors will incline the administration not to indict him because I don't want to see him indicted as a former president. So he really covered his bases. He threw him under the bus and then acted like he's uh, not a, p- a complete piece of garbage. That's really essentially what he did. I, I just wish somebody would ask these guys the, <clears throat> the first question, because the first question is the hurdle they can't seem to get over if you ask them. Um, he says these documents are declassified. Now what? Go, Mr. Barr, you're up. It's declassified, which means there is no crime. So what are you talking about indictments? Well, the first thing he's going to say is that no one has seen any standing order that that's the case. So I could, I'll, just t- I'll just play the devil's advocate to you because that's what the reporting is. Well, the reporting also was that uh, it was, I think it was Cash Patel had actually put out the standing order. He's, he, he's the one who started this yeah. and said that it, there was a standing order right. that the president said anything that went there, went there was dec- declassified. Right. But no one supposedly... Again, I'm playing devil's advocate. I don't believe any of the reporting I hear from anybody. But the reporting is, well, no one's seen the order. And the idea, obviously, was that they felt like these weren't. And and so just so you know, again, as as they try to control the narrative, contents of top-secret documents seized in Mar-a-Lago Raid is now leaked to the Washington Post. (laughs) The heavily redacted affidavit provided by the Department of Justice uh, specified that they had concerns that the classified document that the class they referred to as classified documents were not safe in President Trump's care. After a federal judge required that a special master be appointed to oversee the documents, it's like the day later. All of a sudden, the Washington Post has this story. Of course, I mean, it's, a, it's like a joke. It's almost like they brought their their film crew with them. Uh, a federal judge required day after a federal judge required that a special master be appointed to oversee the documents seized by the FBI from Merlago. Contents of those documents were leaked to the Washington Post. The heavily redacted affidavit provided by the Biden administration's Department of Justice uh, specified that they had concerns that the classified documents were not safe in former President Trump's care. Now, contents of those classified top secret and secret documents have been leaked to the Washington Post. Judge Eileen Cannon also uh, specified that a criminal investigation be stopped. The Washington Post reported that a document seized during the August 8th FBI raid of the former president's residence contained information on a foreign government's military assets. The Post did not offer further information on what was contained in the documents they were reporting on. The Post went on to describe that some of the seized documents were so top secret that, quote, only the president, some members of his cabinet, or a near cabinet-level official could authorize other government officials to know details of these special access programs according to people familiar with the search, who spoke on the condition, of course, of anonymity to describe sensitive details of an ongoing investigation. Trump, of course, was president of the United States. During the August 8th raid, the FBI seized 54 documents labeled secret, 18 documents seized labeled top secret, and another 31 documents that were labeled confidential. This is in addition to the thousands of documents that were not labeled classified personal documents belonging to the former president and then personal items. 
On Monday, a federal judge agreed to Trump's motion to appoint a special master to review the seized property for personal items and documents and potentially privileged material subject to claims of attorney, client, or executive privilege. So they continued to leak so they could control the narrative here. I mean, it's just so clear that this is what's going on. All right, 30 minutes past the hour, live from Studio 6B. Just an update on what's going on in Memphis. This 19-year-old, 19 years old, driving around, responsible for multiple shootings across Memphis. Um, just being, everybody's being urged still to stay at home until they can, law enforcement or somebody with a weapon can take care of this. I guess there's multiple... Um, Multiple shootings now, and seemingly he, he continues to elude either law enforcement. Now, Rick, you said there's a report that he might be carjacking different people to keep yeah, moving around in different a, vehicles. Yep, a couple times I've seen it here, and one, one uh, reporting of it is that he's carjacked at least two different cars. Because it's hard to believe that he's gone this long without avoiding a, a law enforcement officer somewhere. Right. Yeah. Or somebody with a weapon. And he, can you... is. Tennessee, I would assume you could you can carry there, right? Yeah, I believe so. One report had him in a light blue uh, Infinity. The next one has him in a gray Toyota SUV. So he's changing vehicles. I guess he's carjacking people, taking their vehicle, and then uh, continuing on his spree. God, wait, 19 years old. And there were none of this, uh, were, were there mass shooters during the Trump? I don't remember any during Trump's time. Was there any or one? Yeah, there were some. Yeah, there the, were the Vegas one, right? The Florida. Yeah, the Vegas one was bad. Vegas. Was Vegas it the Vegas after, one right at the beginning? Yeah. Right Vegas 16, Yeah, it was a couple bad. days after he got in, right? No, I think it was in the summer. I'm sorry. Yeah, there yeah, was, I can't remember. I'm there was, total blur. I'm there sorry. Was a f- there was a few. Well, we'll, uh, we'll continue to try to we'll, we'll follow this until the end of the show, but it's seemingly still <laughs> out one, there. I just wonder if this is just a sign of like desperate times, you know? Bad economy, people go haywire. Boy, 19 years old, you would think it's hard to imagine it's, I know. that any of that's affecting a 19-year-old. Now well, I bet his home life is affecting him. Yeah, well, the social media that we talked about, right? There's got to be a profile now on all these people with the algorithms and you know all of these social media. You know, like uh, They can tell you everything about everybody at this point. There's got to be a way to identify this sort of thing, I guess. I, I don't know. I just sick to my stomach over it. How many people are dead already? So far, they're reporting just one. Ugh. But even that's too many. What's wrong with these? People? And supposedly, I guess this, uh, there's a report Jack Posobiec just linked to a breaking 911, the website breaking 911. Urgent Memphis police hunt shooter who was gunning down people randomly on Facebook Live. It says uh, citizens in Memphis, Tennessee were being terrorized Wednesday afternoon and into the evening as police searched for a man shooting people at random. According to local media, multiple people were shot in multiple locations, and the suspects were streaming the violence on Facebook Live. An exact number of victims, it's still, at this point, is unknown. Police said the suspect, identified only as a 19-year-old black male, was possibly driving a blue Infinity. Police later said he was in a gray Toyota SUV. They've released his name, but I don't know if we want to spread that around. No, we, I, I'm looking at it right now. 
on the breaking 911 um, oh. article, along yeah, with some of the let's tweets. Let's not glorify him yeah. and give him his fame. Exactly. So, All right, All right well, let's first. continue uh, with the news. We, didn't, we only did one story last segment. Let's uh, do a little more news, and we'll do some sports here with uh, Paul Nolan. What's going on? You know, more from the you-can't-make-this-garbage-up uh, file. This is... Uh, from Financial Times, Europe fears of gas shortages heading into the winter may have been circumvented thanks to an unexpected white night. China. The world's largest buyer of liquefied natural gas is reselling some of its surplus LNG cargoes due to weak energy demands at home. This has provided the spot market with an ample supply that Europe has tapped despite the higher prices. As a result, Europe's imports of LNG grew 60% on the year uh, in the first six months of 2022, according to the research firm uh, uh, Kepler. The 53 uh, tons that um, of block that was purchased uh, surpasses imports by China and Japan that has brought to Europe's gas storage occupancy rate up to 77%. So just in a nutshell, they shut off the pipelines. China buys from Russia. They ship it burning all kinds of energy to ship it to China. China repackages it, resells it at a premium back to Europe. Are you kidding me? You're going to tell me it's not a rigged job? It's rigged. It's a rigged job. Create more fear, create su- supply demand problems. And now, and now give, give it to our enemy to make the profits off it. It's psychotic. Speaking of psychotic, New York uh, Democratic Rep Al- AOC, Alexandria Jackass Cortez, uh, expressed doubt she could ever become president of the United States due to, um, not incompetence, misogyny. In an interview with GQ Magazine Wednesday, the Congresswoman said her experience has given her a front row seat of how deeply and unconsciously, as well as consciously, so many people in the country hate women. Oh, that's not all. They hate (laughs) women of color as well. People ask me questions about the future, and realistically, I can't even tell you if I'm going to be alive in September. Oh, my goodness. And that's what weighs very heavily on me. It's not just the right wing. Misogyny transcends all political ideology, left, right, and center. Since since I got here, literally, by the way, anyone says literally all the time, it's just a jackass. Since I got here, literally, day one, even before day one, I experienced a lot of targeting diminishment from my party. And the pervasiveness of that diminishment is all-encompassing at times. I feel a little more steady on my own two feet now, but I would say that I have the power to shift the elected federal Democratic Party. No. So this goofball continues, and mm-hmm. I, I just I can't believe anyone buys their garbage. You know, back to the energy thing for a second. Um, what's going on in Germany and their reliance on Russia, obviously, for natural gas and the Nord Stream and all that. But, um, you know... This is, again, you know, what's going on in California. How's the communism working out out there as you march towards 2035 where you can sell nothing but electric vehicles? The grid can't even handle a hot summer. You have rolling blackouts in California as they push for all electric vehicles by 2035. But through all of that whiplash that you'd have to check your common sense at the door, the bottom line on all of this the Greta Thunberg, Thornberg, whatever the hell her name is, 
and uh, people like AOC and Biden and the green new green deal and all these greenies is that they will march in lockstep to their rolling blackouts, to their inability for you to even power. It doesn't matter. Like, it, it literally doesn't matter. As long as they're marching in, in lockstep towards their green new utopia, the reality of what life would be like to try to achieve that for you, us, the minions, doesn't matter. It will not affect them. California will look no differently at their, at their, um, their rule to get rid of all, uh, you know, car, uh, all electric by 2035. Nothing that's happening right now or happens going forward will get them off of that. No matter how lo- terrible it gets. And all the things they do, they're destroying the poorest people first then the lower middle class next. And it's going to eat its way up from the bottom. You know, there's a big, the big thing that's in Ireland and a lot of these European states now is heat or eat. And there's a story here from um, a, a prominent British site, the realities of UK's cost of living crisis. I won't go into it because it's long, but I'll put it on my getter page. It's psychotic. We're really watching this. It's a systematic destruction of the dollar, of energy, of controlling of commodities. And all they want to do is get you to follow this utopian great reset, this psychotic save the planet but kill your neighbor sick so if sick. you can afford the 80 to 120,000 dollar electric car you then can buy a gas generator in california to charge it because the grid can't handle it but it doesn't matter to them lock arms march forward to a green utopia that you all will bow down and accept whether you like it or not I mean, the new war is on nitrogen. Nitrogen. Watch the, all the rhetoric now is about nitrogen. The war on first carbon, then carbon dioxide, now nitrogen. Are we, I mean, how could anybody buy this nonsense? Well, soon they're going to start the war on oxygen. I mean, it's the entire war on the periodic table. <laughs> it's, it's great that Greta Thunberg, whatever the hell her name is, <laughs> she's, in the, she's in the news again today to making new demands. Who cares what this little dimwit thinks? Exactly. Yeah. All right, let's do some sports. And here with that is uh, Slick Rick, Rick Emirati. What's going on, pal? All right, let me get you caught up on the U.S. Open. Francis TFO downs Andre Rublev in straight sets, becomes first American man to yeah, make baby. U.S. Open semifinals since 2006. Amazing, this guy. New York, Francis TFO uh, became the first American man to reach the U.S. Open semifinals since 2006 by beating Andre Rublev 7-6-7-6-6-4 behind the backing of a boisterous partisan crowd in Arthur Ashe Stadium earlier today. TFO, uh, who grew up in Maryland, put on on a performance just as strong, if not stronger, than the 24-year-old used in the fourth round to eliminate 22-time Grand Slam champion Rafael Nadal. Uh, Andy Roddick was the last U.S. man to get to the semifinals in New York when he lost to Roger Federer in the title match 16 years ago. Roddick was the last man from the country to win any Grand Slam singles championships, taking away the 2003 U.S. Open. Entering this year's U.S. Open, American men have gone 74 consecutive majors since Roddick won in 2003, which is the 
longest major title drought in U.S. men tennis history. And Arena Sabalenka gets past Karolina Pliskova to reach U.S. Open uh, semifinals again. AP report. Arena Sabalenka uh, returned to the U.S. Open semifinals Wednesday with a 6-1, 7-6 victory over Karolina Pliskova. Sabalenka is the only player still alive in either draw who reached the final four in Flushing Meadows last year. She lost to runner-up Leila Fernandez in the semifinals. And Yannick Sinner uh, has just taken uh, court with uh, Carlos Alcaraz. They just got on the court a few minutes ago, so that will be the other men's quarter. And uh, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty and uh, pretty close to the end. Big D, time for one more quick story. I've been chomping at the bit all night to give you this one. Ty Cobb's false teeth up for auction, already fetching up to $10,000. This could have been brought to you by Polygrip Pelosi. Hold it. How did you lead into that story? I've been chomping at the bit all night to get to this. So... Anyway, uh, Victor Barbosa, Yard Barker, gentlemen. Th- uh, th- listen, come on, let's sink your teeth into this here. There have been some bizarre sports-related memorabilia items put up for auction in recent months. In 2021, a tissue allegedly used by Lionel Messi during his farewell press conference in Barcelona, along with the Antonio Brown's famous right glove he threw in the stands at uh, Met Get a Life Stadium. Uh, anyway, now an item that used to belong to Major League Baseball Hall of Fame at Ty Cobb, or rather inside of Ty Cobb, is looking to fetch quite a hefty sum. Uh, SCP Auctions currently has Cobb's Chompers, Top and bottom on the block, along with the original plastic denture holder and brass opening device, TMZ reports. After Cobb's death in 1961, the teeth were preserved by Ty's uh, biographer, Al Stump, uh, held the teeth for years before unloading them at Sotheby's in 1999 to the current consignor who held the dentures for over 22 years. According to the report, the dentures belonged to the Georgia Peach, went on display in 2001 at the, uh, 2001 at the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, where fans uh, will get an up-close view of the pearl. The auction ends on Friday, and as of early Wednesday afternoon, there were seven bids, one of which was nearly $10,000. So that's amazing, Big D. Big Chomp is there. Ty Cobb, the great Ty Cobb. So they wanted cornhole stories. I just gave them a story about Cobb. And that's a wrap in sports. Back to you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, live from Studio 6B, Crazy Town. When we get back (laughs) on a Wednesday. (laughs) That wasn't it. from Studio 6B on a Wednesday night. Glad you've been in. Getter Chat's been fired up as always. Hope you're sharing the show on Getter. Share, share, share as much as you can. Continues to help the show and the network grow and share and get new people. Always getting new people uh, each and every day all across all social media for Live from Studio 6B. We appreciate that. Uh, Again, sports is brought to you by our friend Mike Lindell, MyPillow. Make sure you visit him, uh, MyPillow.com slash LFS6P. News is brought to you, of course, by 7Cells. Visit them as well. Uh, Let's do Crazy Town, G. The president was uh, at the White House today. Um, So let's do a Crazy Town. And, oh, Biden was there too, by the way. But the, uh, the president was there. So let's see Crazy Town. The Bidens and the Obamas reunite. Roll it. Rock and Michelle, welcome home. Jill and I and Kamala and Doug are honored uh, to host you and so many friends who have 
and part of this incredible journey. It includes members of your cabinet and staff, some of whom were foolish enough to come work with me. It's also good to see Ms. Wilson, <laughs> known affectionately as uh, Mama Kay. One of your best friends and uh, Malaya and, uh, and Sasha's uh, godmother. And uh, you know, as they name. say in Southern Dole, you've done good, kid. <laughs> with Barack as our president, we got up every day and went to work full of hope. For real, nothing could have prepared me better or more to become president of the United States. That English? And be at your side for eight years. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Doing it, uh, you never did it just the easy way, but the easy what? way out was. <laughs> Literally. I can go on and defend uh, uh, what all the, that you've done. What? Expanding civil rights, issued the clarion call on the climate crisis, helped us find that amazing grace, that amazing grace, even in darkness. In countless hours, over countless meetings, under intense pressure, we always knew Barack Obama. We always knew what you'd do, you, what you thought was right. We counted on him. And I still do. You know, uh, Michelle, he, he knows, we all know. He couldn't have done it without you. Uh, Barack and Michelle, it's my honor to invite you both to the stage for the unveiling of your official portraits. Someone once said that if you're looking for a friend in Washington, get a doll. Joe, it is now America's good fortune to have you as president. The country's better off than when you took office. You have guided us through some perilous times. That's terrible. You've built on and gone beyond the work we all did together. I am a little disappointed that I haven't heard of anyone naming a kid Barack yet, but there is still time. Please welcome my friend, First Lady, Dr. Jill Biden. Thank you. Thank you. Joe, honestly, everybody stood but Joe. <laughs> Big Mike was radiant. Joe didn't. Uh, Joe didn't realize <laughs> he was supposed to stand for. Everybody stood but Joe. You notice a difference between these two? So, <laughs> you think? Yeah. Major. Yeah. That's not bad, actually. I don't know who does. The same guy do all Can these you go every back year. The no, they were different artists. Tower over him. Could you go back to the, just the side by side of still? Is she like? Could she dunk on him? <laughs> Probably. No. But hold no. on. Let's see some here. She's more in the foreground, yeah, and she's, she's probably wearing heels. Well, let's let's roll this for a second. Yeah. We're gonna be even up a little. Someone once said that if you're looking for a friend in Washington, get a doll. Joe, it is now America's. She could eat off his head. She's got a. I think she's wearing heels. He's got basketball game, you know. That's right. I forgot. He's school, you Nolan. Um, uh, well, just I'd, I'd foul out in the first. Uh, Joe, <laughs> Joe's no better when the real president's there than when he's trying to play. Um, when he's trying to do it every you know day. How much did we do with the deficit this year? That's <laughs> about. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> deficit. That's about. That's about what it sounds like. So. Holy there you go. Cow. The the idea that Obama stood there and said the country's better off. Better off. Than when he took office. Yeah, name one thing the country's better off. One thing. Where is it better off? 
people who voted for him can't even tell you where they're better off when these people go around and, and interview them. What's better off? Gasoline's doubled. Is that better off? Inflation's quadrupled. Is that better off? Ask the middle class, honestly, if they think they're better off. Who's better off than they were 20 months ago? I can't think of anybody. Well, Ukraine is. They're, they're getting a lot more money these days. Remember when they only got a billion and he made a big deal out of it? Now what are they up to? About 80. Yeah. Um, so there's one other thing in the news, I think, today that was important. We'll see if it's important. A uh, U.S. District Court judge issued a ruling that requires Chief Medical Advisor to the President Anthony Fauci, White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre, and other key public health officials to turn over all external communications with big tech companies. The ruling is based upon a lawsuit filed against top-ranking Biden administration officials by Missouri and Louisiana Attorney Generals Eric Schmidt and Jeff Landry for, quote, colluding with social media companies to censor free speech. Writing for the Western District of Louisiana Court, Judge Terry Dougherty noted how the plaintiffs, quote, are entitled to external communications by Jean-Pierre and Fauci in their capacities as White House press secretary and chief medical advisor to the president to third-party social media platforms in order that both officials shall provide answers to the plaintiffs' uh, inquiries and documents requested within 21 days from the date of the order. In the ruling, Dougherty also mandated that several prominent officials within the Department of Health and Human Services must, quote, provide responses to plaintiffs' expedited discovery requests regarding communications with social media companies within 21 days, including the Deputy Assistant Secretary for Public Engagement from HHS and the head of HHS's digital engagement team, the Deputy Director of the Office of Communications in HRSA and HHS's Deputy Digital Director as well. Up until this point, the Department of Justice has refused to cooperate with the request for discovery from top officials in the Biden administration under the guise of executive privilege. Today, the court entered an order that requires that the federal government turn over all records that we have long requested. The American people deserve answers on how the federal government has colluded with social media companies to censor free speech on these major platforms. We will continue to fight to uncover more of the vast censorship uh, enterprise. And of course, we already know Biden colluded with Facebook and Twitter to censor posts about COVID-19. We already know this already. So the only question is, how deep did it run and how bad, how blatant was it? And of course, the big question is whether these people will actually turn over any of this or whether they'll turn it all over or whether these little lion weasels will try to get by with something. So we'll see. But it'll just be another step in finding out how lives were ruined, lies were told. Science was not followed or debated, and those who wanted to debate were crucified, basically. 
Meanwhile, you were lied to. We were lied to. Our lives were changed. Our kids' lives were changed. All because these people had an agenda. And they went to these big tech companies to help them push that agenda and sell it to us. So we'll see if we get anything here. All right, as always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines protecting us. Thanks, guys, on the show. Thanks, G. Thanks, friend. Thanks to Harry. Most of all, thank you, the live from Studio 6B audience. See you tomorrow night. Oh, there they are. <laughs> Look at them. Nice. Look at them things. We'll see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m., live from Studio 6B. Bye.